Well, thankfully, I, well, we were actually in the middle of a snowstorm sandwich here in Rochester. Um, Buffalo, I'm not sure if you saw the pictures from the Buffalo Bills, but the stadium took about three feet of snow um, on Thursday night. (laughs) And I believe it's still continuing as we're talking, like, not as you're watching, but as we're talking. And, um, you know, it's also, um, the main reason the game got moved. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, of Mm -hmm. course, um, welcome everyone. And hopefully you all stayed safe during that giant, um, snowstorm. I know it affected a lot of the East coast, but thankfully didn't hit Rochester. So that's a good sign. For us, so sucks to be the rest of you. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> anyway, coming up, we're going to talk the World Cup. We don't talk much soccer here, um, but we're also going to talk the um, award winners in baseball. Um, you know, the Bills, the Chargers, the Eagles, um, you know, a big wide receiver going on IR. Um, some rumors from NFL um, insiders. Um, we're also going to make our week 11 picks and our Thanksgiving day picks. And then of course we'll mm-hmm. talk the Olympics. Um, we got a funny story from the Olympics. That'll be tinkle on this. If you haven't seen it already, you might want to stay tuned because I'm, we're going to talk about it here on the show this evening or this morning. Um, but we begin with our takeaways and Jason, it's all you. <laughs> All right. Well, it was another devastating loss in the hands of Buffalo. You know, I I guess the the hindsight is at least with them in those three losses, they weren't blowout losses. They've been very in these games, but it's very frustrating as a Bills fan when these are three games that they could have won. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the last two weeks have been very terrible. Weeks for the Bills, Josh Allen making poor decisions. Um, especially in this game, this game alone. Um, I mean, you were you weren't going to stop Justin Jefferson. He's the one of the best receivers in the NFL for a reason. There's, I knew him and probably Delvin Cook were gonna have great games. You know how how you be a team like that? You all you just go counter punch to counter punch. And and, they, and this game had that kind of feel. Buffalo is still a very dangerous team. Yeah, they've been very sloppy in the second half. Don't get me wrong. But if you're the Bills, you had that kind of size of elite. Don't ease off the gas pedal. You got to keep on being aggressive. Yeah. Look at, you know, yeah, you can make adjustments, but just keep on doing what got you to, you know, get the kind of points you did in the first half in the first place. Right. If you're Ken Dorsey, keep on going with that play call. Why Don't change it up. You know? Yeah, you know, defense is probably going to adjust and change, but you got to keep on going with that game plan. I, I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's Josh. I don't know who you blame for the second half troubles. I would think probably Josh. Josh needs to understand that you don't. If you have the lead, don't fucking 
make unnecessary passes. Be as conservative as you can. You don't have to throw a 60-yard bomb or force passes. If you don't got it there, throw it out of bounds. Simple well, as that. You know, this is the third year that Josh Allen has been on, you know, not necessarily on the ballot for MVP, but this is definitely the third season that, you know, midway through we've been discussing, you know, he's going to be in the discussion but mm-hmm. I think this week and last week, and I'm sorry to say it, but he took himself out of that race easily. And this is where I agree. I kind of agree to dis- to disagree. I agree in the sense that, yes, the last two weeks have put him out. Right. But I think that redemption mm-hmm. is going to be coming for Josh Allen it in is. a big way. Because you look at the two next two games, yes... You know, we'll talk about the game getting moved for, you know, later on Sunday. But if you look at those two games, weather's not going to play a factor. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to worry about wind or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Two, it's against teams that don't exactly have the greatest of defenses either. Yeah. If I'm Josh Allen, you take advantage of that. You take advantage of of that opportunity. Yep. You have 404 touchdown games against these teams. You gotta show out and, and and shut up the media because now the media is like, well, the Buffalo Bills might be done. They might be out for the count. Miami Dolphins this, Miami Dolphins that. If you're the Buffalo Bills and you're Josh Allen, yep. you go out there and shut the doubters wrong. Yeah. Prove the yep. doubters wrong. Say we're still the Buffalo Bills and we're still a threat. Mm-hmm. So, see, I think I I, I agree that the Buff that the Cleveland Browns are probably not going to be the easiest challenge because you still have Nick Chubb, and that's about maybe it for the Cleveland Browns. Let's be honest here. Well, Kareem Hunt still very much a factor in that offense in some way. Yeah, but more so Nick Chubb than it is but, anybody else. All I gotta say is, you know, two takeaways from this week. Obviously, you know, we I had said last week when we were discussing the Bills is that the Bills lose home field mm-hmm. advantage, they fall to a wild card, they're out of the Super Bowl discussion in my eyes. They need to play Kansas oh, yeah. City at home. I'm not saying they won't go to play Kansas City. What I'm saying is I don't see them winning a game in Arrowhead in January. Okay, that's just where I stand on that. And number two, I mentioned the MVP race. Now, I had put out a tweet on Sunday to upset kind of a lot of Chiefs fans who were saying, oh, well, what about Patrick Mahomes? Well, here's my take. I think Jalen Hurts currently leads that MVP race right now as things mm-hmm. stand. Okay? We know what Patrick Mahomes can do. And also keep in mind, 90% of it is Travis Kelsey this year as well. So if you're going to put anybody in the race, it should be Travis Kelsey. But again, it's a quarterback award. So to those butthurt Chiefs fans, I said what I said. Um, So Mm -hmm. you don't like it, you know, then don't, don't look at my social media, I guess. Not much else I could say to you. But Josh Allen took himself out of that race for sure. And you know what? 
good and bad, I guess. Right. I will say this now. Speaking of Justin Jefferson, holy yeah. freaking hell. What a hell of a catch. But if you're Cam Lewis, don't try to go for the interception. Just bat the ball down. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tr- you're not gonna outbeat well, Justin Jefferson. He- one, he's taller than you. Two, he's a lot you know, he he's one of the top tier receivers he, in the NFL. If if no one considered him that before this game, he's definitely in that discussion now as far as top five, if not top three in the NFL. I mean, the thing is, how much of Justin Jefferson's catch kind of overshadows? I don't know if you saw Stephon Diggs's one-handed grab like earlier. Yeah. Before that moment, because Stephon Diggs just jumped up and like snagged that ball. I think that. Yeah. The Justin Jefferson catch is overshadowing that just a little bit because Stephon Diggs is not a very flashy, flashy going to grab, you know, go up yeah. and grab a one-handed grab all the time kind yeah. of receiver. He kind of beats you with his route running and his, yeah. his footwork. But see, Justin Jefferson's got all that. And, you know, not for nothing, Justin Jefferson made a catch that, frankly, he had no business touching. And I think that's oh, why it overshadows it. He made a catch. It that, probably does. Because that, if you look at it, Justin Jefferson was heavily contested yeah. and caught that. Yeah, Stephon Diggs was catch. wide open and he jumped up a, and caught that one. He made a catch that was going to be a pick. There was no debating that. It was going oh, yeah, to be a pick. Course. Okay. If it was probably Tredavious White or somebody else like that, that probably would have been a pick, let's be honest. I think it would have been incomplete. I, I don't want to go as yeah, far to probably, say pick. Because you know what? That's that that's where you get veteran from you know a young player because a young player is not going to try to bat that ball down he's, he's going to try to catch it and, and go for an interception at least we're like a Tredavious white like player is going to be like knowing nope bat that down mm-hmm. you know you know it, it, it can be safe to say well i think a lot of buffalo's um problems this year on def you know with them losing games is they they got so many injuries on the defense. You can't even blame that on that. I get it. You know you don't have Jordan Poyer, you don't have Micah Hyde. That probably plays a have like a big factor. You don't have Trey Davis White. You know what? Mm-hmm. If anything, I say if this year is a bust of a year and they don't get to the Super Bowl, I say next year if you get those guys healthy, you better watch out for the fucking Buffalo Bills because you're gonna have a healthy Trey Davis White, healthy Micah Hyde, healthy Jordan Poyer. <laughs> and Von Miller, I mean, you add all those pieces on that defense, <laughs> game freaking over, I tell you. But I'll, I'll, I'll get to my next takeaway and stop talking about the Buffalo Bills for a sec. Um, this one, I guess, I'm shocked that he was a free agent for as long as he was because he's yeah, still not really as bad of a player. Um, Eagles signed Anama Kamsu for free agency. Um,. The beef up that defense a little bit more. Um, safe to say the Eagles are trying to do as much as they can to make that team as built all around to try to be a Super Bowl contender this year. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, Nanama Kansu was there with the Bucks when he won the championship in 20... And Nadak Namungsu, you know, he brings that veteran leadership to the team, which I think... 
you know, they don't, they're not short on right now, but it certainly helps them in terms of the death. Um, you know, Robert Quinn just went over there. Um, I believe they've mm. got still Slay. They still got Darius Slay over there. So yeah, they do. You know, they're still easily one of the best defenses in the league, and I think that just adds to the puzzle there. Um, and it's nice that they're looking big picture because again, they're if you haven't seen their schedules ranked thirtieth, thirtieth um, most most difficult in the league this year. Okay, mm-hmm. so the eight and one start, you kind of can take it like a grain of salt. Well, the thing is about that is now the Eagles realize they can't take any opponent lately. Yeah, but I I do like that you know they're looking at the big picture. They're they're in win now mode, mm-hmm. which I like. See. Because I think they do have the pieces in place to make a Super Bowl run. It's but and I, I got to go back to the eight and one because again, it's just you know, it's easy to put them in the Super Bowl mix right now. I think looking right. at the rest of the NFC and the problem is the NFC in general is just weak. I mean, they <clears throat> they need to bulk up where they can. I mean, I think they can beat the Vikings. I'm not going to lie. I think they could beat the Vikings. Where it's going to get interesting, and I'm sorry, you know, I get Tampa Bay's 5-5. Five and five. They're still going to be a threat to get there. Seattle, you know, I get it. They're going to be the number three seed if the playoff starts today. They're, you know, despite oh. being a high seed and underdog team, I don't think anybody is looking at them as a serious threat. <clears throat> No, I, I think that they'll be a playoff team, but for the Seattle Seahawks, I don't see them really doing much in the playoffs mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, if anything, I can see it being Philadelphia and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, during that Super Bowl run, I'm pretty sure this would, if that was to be happening, it would be a rematch of that year's NFC Championship game, which was Vikings and the Eagles. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure so. Be interesting to see. I mean, obviously we're thinking well ahead, but um, you know, again, I say the Eagles have the thirtieth toughest or thirtieth most difficult schedule, but again, you look at the rest of the NFC, I mean, and frankly the other thing that adds into it I mean, I would say the commanders, they're starting to get it together. But there's only eight teams out of the 16 in the conference. Or, I'm sorry, there are six teams out of Seven. the 18 that are above 500. Six teams. Oh, right. Okay. Now there's eight teams at 500 or above if you count the Bucks and the Commanders. Um, you know, compared to the AFC where there's, I believe, nine teams that are 500 or above. Mm-hmm. Well, the AFC has usually always been better than the NFC anyway, so I guess not, it makes sense. Not in recent years. Um, you know, no. I think you could argue the NFC's been really good the last few... I mean, the NFC West alone was 
by far the best division in football for the last four or five years. Um, right. Now it's, there's really, you know, to me now the AFC East might just be the best division in football. And the NFC East might be a very close second. True. And who would have thought um, that? No, I know. <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what actually truly happens when we get into the playoff picture. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be here sooner than later. So. Yep. But there's going to be one guy that's going to, def- I, I think, just had a negative impact on that. Um, oh, I, I I agree. Honestly, it wouldn't even. It would be probably safe to say that he might be out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Um, Cooper Cup is got placed on IR. I think with an ankle injury or something like that. Um, um, the real good question is how is this going to impact the struggling Rams and their chances of getting back to the playoffs? Um, majorly. Because he's literally like a majority of the team's offense. He really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Matthew Stafford is going to find out the hard way that you're going to have to start utilizing more of your other receivers than just Cooper Cup. You know. And I hate to say it, um, Allen Robinson isn't a bad receiver. He just is underutilized on a team that... Mm-hmm. I think he should be more of like a number two receiver. Well, now it's but you know when you got Cooper Cup, that's just playing the way he is. It's kind of tough to get many touches and targets and catches. And now it gets interesting, right? Because you know Allen Robinson, and I'd even throw Van Jefferson into that mix, right? Because now these two are by far in a prove-it situation where they mm-hmm. are easily the top two. Now, again, Odell is still looming out there. We don't know what's going on with him, you know, but maybe he latches on to the Rams again. You know, I, again, take it for what know. it is. It's tough to what's going on with OBJ's situation. I really do think that he wants to join a team that – is the closest to winning a championship. Yeah. But, but the thing is, recapture like, that magic just by going back there. He might. I mean, I just don't know if he's got the same energy and the you know passion to be like a number one receiver on the team again. I just don't think he's as good as he used to be when he was. With the Giants, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, because you can barely even say that he did all that great with the Browns. You can, I mean, say that he did all right with the Rams when he was there. I mean, he had all those touchdowns in those few games when he was there. Um, You know, after he got waved by the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah. Well, who knows? Again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Matt Stafford, by the way, did get cleared. So he will be back um, this week. Yeah, apparently his wife doesn't want him to play, be playing anymore, which is interesting. <laughs> I think she's been talking to um, Giselle a little too much. 
No, it, it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't even really that. He just like it was more so sort of like just like the whole thing with like how like players are concussions hmm. and whatnot and saying that he should retire. I just don't know what's yeah. really going on with that. I mean, I get it. But he's not, like, one that's prone to get him all the time, so... Yeah, this is, what, his first one, I think, in probably years. I know his first three right. years in Detroit were very injury-prone. Yeah, so this is, like, his real big first injury in a long time, honestly, so... But as far as Cooper Cup, yeah, the Rams are going to struggle even more without him than they were with him. But I, I don't feel like, you know, it's tough to say because they're 3-6. and six. Obviously, there's not much room for error right now for them. Mm. And this now puts them in quite a big, you know, in a bad spot. And actually looking at the schedule, it might just take him out of the race entirely because he's going to be on IR oh, for yeah. at least five weeks. So... You're playing the Saints, a team that, frankly, just like the Lions, they're not exactly a team that's bad by any stretch, but they're mm -hmm. a team that's just not that good. Right. Okay, so this is a Saints game that is now winnable for the Saints. Um, then you go to Arrowhead, and frankly, that's a loss right there. Oh, I agree. Okay. Again, I'm not making my picks yet, but then you go to Seattle, or I'm sorry, you play Seattle at home. That one's a toss-up. And you don't even know if that's a guarantee. Yeah. You know. The only one in the five, the next five games that could be a guarantee, or that's for sure a guarantee, is the Raiders. Okay? That's the only guarantee right now that the Rams win on Thursday night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That is the only guarantee. Then you got the Packers the week after, right before Christmas, on Monday Night Football. In in um, Lambeau, by the way. So, I, I got to give the advantage to the Packers, based on the weather, that is Lambeau Field this time mm -hmm. of year. But again, Matt Stafford's gone into Lambeau before. Um, so... He knows how to play in that weather. It's about the rest of the guys. But this is just one of those seasons I think Sean McVay wishes he had retired like the rumors had suggested he was going to do. <laughs> he should have retired on top when he had the chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. But needless to say... I, I just don't see any way that they come out of this without or with any more than three wins. Okay, I think there's one guaranteed win on the table, and that's the Raiders. Could be possible. <clears throat> but, alright. But... It's definitely your turn. All right. Well, the Chargers get a much-needed break after that difficult loss to the 49ers. Um, we might be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Might. I, I don't want to hold my breath just yet. 
on it. But Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, it looks like they're both going to be on track to play Sunday night at home against the Chiefs in a game that I feel right here will decide the division. Okay, I'm willing, you know, again, I know the Chiefs are going to win it. I concede that. But if they have any glimmer of hope of winning the division, this is the game that they got to win. I know. So, and they came close the first time. Yeah. And frankly, you know my thoughts on that Week 2 matchup. I still think that we won that matchup, whether or not the score shows it. Because, frankly, we we outpaced Mahomes that whole game. And right. the result didn't show for it. So, another game, you know, Frank, like I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to go down swinging the rest of the year saying that's a game that we won. And again, call me, you know, what you will. But this is a big game for Justin Herbert because now, of course, we've seen what he's done all year. He's been quite, very quiet. He hasn't been cold, per se. Like, he hasn't been awful, but he's been quiet. Now he's got his two top receivers back. And again, Keenan Allen, take it like a grain of salt because that hamstring injury. But Mike Williams being back, I think you can take it a little bit bigger here. Um, is it a much bigger help? Okay. I want to say that I think we see first two years Justin Herbert right here. I think we see a glimpse of it once again. And I feel like it's going to give the Chargers that sense of hope that this isn't a lost uh, lost season. Again, you look I at... I mean, with all of those top receivers coming back, it would be nice for him to actually get back on pace. I mean, they didn't play... I mean, I guess I wouldn't say the Herbert played exactly that bad against the 49ers the, the last game. It just yeah, they just didn't come up when they came, when it mattered in the last quarter. Yeah, and the only thing is that this team, and again, this is a win the Chargers need to have. I am going to say that. This is a game the Chargers, to me, have to win. Okay. We look at the upcoming weeks here. Um, after the Chiefs, we got the Cardinals. That's a game we can win. The Raiders, you might as well just chalk that up. The Raiders are done. So, but again, you go in, you win three in a row. And you go to 8-4 and four going into Miami. Which is a game that I think you're going to lose. Just based on how Miami's rolling. Miami is like probably the hottest team in football right now. Um, I agree. So, I, I just don't feel confident. that. And again, it all depends on how they come out of the bye week. Because we've seen the Bills out of the bye week. They have struggled but I still think they you know you can't necessarily rule them out 
Um, right. But again, you go eight and four, going into you know going home against Miami, and I feel you got a shot. And then I just don't feel that if you go five and five going into Arizona, you leave six and five, and then you go seven and five going into Miami, taking a loss, going to seven and six, and then going into the rest of the schedule where you're playing the Titans and the Colts. And then the Rams and the Broncos. I don't know. I just don't feel like... I, I don't think I'd feel confident going into that. I think the Chiefs win would bring a lot of momentum. I feel like it would help Justin Herbert get closer. I feel like it will definitely get him a step closer to his first playoff appearance as an NFL quarterback. But this is the win, I think. This is the game right here that I think determines how the rest of the season goes. So, I guess I'll leave it at that. That That's my point. We shall see. That's, we shall see. That's the end point. I know I've been beating around the bush, but this is the game that will determine how the rest of the year goes. So, with that... We got to talk about this. This, I think, is one of those things that if we've never seen it, it's possible that we've never seen it. But I think it's something that's just so rare that it needs to be discussed. So, of course, the MLB has announced their Cy Young Award winners and their MVP Award winners. So... Of course, on the AL side is Justin Verlander. Um, Justin Verlander just won his first or second World Series, um, and he is the AL Cy Young winner. Um, and then, of course, um, Alcantara from the Miami Marlins, uh, Sandy Alcantara, both of them won the Cy Young by unanimous vote. Okay, unanimous first place vote. So, again, we know what Justin Verlander is done. You know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. So, I think this just adds to that incredible um, Hall of Fame resume and then El Quintero, that's big for him and big for the Marlins, who are a team, I believe, that only have 10 fans. So, it'll be fun to, um, you know, see what he does next year. I didn't really watch much of El Quintero, but, um, you know, right. going, going to the MVP race, um, Goldschmidt won NL MVP. But, of course, I think the most prominent one that everyone knew was going to happen is that Aaron Judge has won the AL MVP as he enters free agency. Okay. So, 
I feel now the question will be, will the Yankees pay him? And I think that's a dumb question to even ask to begin with. Of course they're going to have to pay him now. So Yeah, but how much are they going to have to be willing to pay him to be able to keep him? That's the thing. No salary cap. I think they'll be willing to pay the luxury tax to keep him. So... Don't be shocked if tomorrow you see a half a billion dollar deal for like 14 years go to Aaron Judge. I think that's crazy that there's no salary cap for baseball, but they also signed bigger contracts, so I guess it makes up for it. I think that, again, the Yankees are more proof that the MLB needs a hard salary cap because if it wasn't for salary caps... The uh, Yankees would be, well, they are the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. So <laughs> that's all I got to say on that. But congratulations to this year's award winners. Um, thankful again that Luis Arias broke up the um, triple crown for Aaron Judge because we knew if he won that, there'd be even more value to him. But um I got to talk about this, and this gets two thumbs down before I even tell you what this story is. Okay. Um, the World Cup, of course, begins today in Qatar. Um, I believe it's one of those Middle Eastern countries, something like that. Um, but um, initially, they were going to sell beer at the venues. Budweiser poured a lot of money. No pun intended. They poured a lot of money into the World Cup this year, millions of dollars to sponsor the World Cup to be like the official beer provider. And Qatar has now pulled the plug on alcohol sales at the World Cup. That's why I say this gets two thumbs down. Okay, I get religious reasons. I get this country has a lot of you know, issues. We're not getting into that so much. Mm -hmm. But, when a, you know, if I'm Budweiser, I wouldn't even fork over the $27 million at this point. If, if you haven't signed that check yet, I'd take it back. Because this is just bullshit. I mean, come on. A World Cup without beer? Could you imagine a Buffalo Bills game? A Buffalo Bills tailgate without beer? It would be crazy because okay. then, you know, you, you then the fans can't be typical Buffalo Bills yeah. fans. They can't, you know, jump through tables and get super, you know, yeah. Come on. blasted, I guess. For the price of tickets for the World Cup, and I imagine they're expensive. <sighs> I, I just can't get behind this. I'm sorry, you know, and I get the bills are not a comparable thing because, you mm -hmm. know, obviously this is a regular season game. And then this is kind of the world like international stage right here. But you just can't do that. I'm sorry, especially after Budweiser paid so much money to be involved in this, you know, and again, I get rules. I get all that, but come on. This is the World Cup. This shouldn't be up to the country to shut it down. This should be up to the people running the World Cup. And if they knew in advance what they were going to do, then maybe the World Cup shouldn't have been in Qatar. 
So. Yeah, it probably should have been somewhere that was actually going to be willing to have alcohol and mm -hmm. beer sales. I guess they'll rethink that in the future if Qatar ever decides to put another bat in or another um, bid to host the World Cup in the future. But uh, you would hope it all depends on the almighty dollar and who is gonna, you know, be willing to pay. Um, FIBA all that money. Yeah, too. FIFA. Or, oh man. Oh well, I. Just speechless about that. I don't get how you can pull beer. Uh, personally, I'd sell my ticket at that point if I was going to Qatar to watch this. But um, with that, that's all I got. Let's go on to the anchor break. When we come back, we're going to talk some NFL news. We're also going to talk the Olympics. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry. I accidentally clicked the button too soon. But anyway, we're back. Um, so let's talk the Buffalo Bills. Of course, we mentioned that we were sandwiched between two snowstorms and didn't get much of anything out of it. Can't say the same for Orchard Park. I think Orchard Park had the highest numbers out of the yeah, Buffalo yeah. region. Yeah, like 36 inches of snow. So... With that, um, go check out the Bills' Twitter, by the way. That'll show you the full picture of how the stadium looked on Friday morning. Um, but the Bills will not be playing in Buffalo this Sunday. They will be playing in Detroit. It is the first time a Buffalo Bills home game has been moved due to inclement weather since 2014. Again, that game was moved to Detroit, so it's clear that Buffalo and Detroit have that little friendship there. Yeah, and during that game, there was actually a lot more snow than there was this year. Uh, that was actually six, like five, six foot of snow. Well, I think. Which is... Oh, sorry. Well, I think the thing to remember, and of course, you question maybe why do the you know why do the Bills move the game if they want this to be the home field advantage playing in the snow, and why would they move the game? And also want to build another outdoor stadium. I think those are two big questions that deserve to be answered. Keep in mind how low the Bills Stadium is to sea level. Bills Stadium uh -huh. right now, um, Highmark Stadium is very low. Or very below sea level. I believe 30,000 feet. So, yeah, and apparently the new stadium was going to be sitting a lot higher yeah. off. Which supposedly is supposed to funnel the wind over the stadium and not into the stadium like the current one is. That is why the inclement weather seems to get into the stadium a lot better. Or <laughs> seems to have a greater impact, I guess is the better way to put it, with Highmark than it will with the new one. Right. Um, Which... I think it's not a bad move for that, you know, the Bills going forward is having it sit a lot higher so then they don't have to worry about the wind. But I hate to say it, you're still going to have to deal with inclement weather regardless oh, of yeah. if it's higher or not. Yeah, maybe the wind won't play as much of a factor, but, you know, the weather certainly still will. Oh, yeah. And. I guess what's going to be... This game getting moved to Detroit, I don't have any problem with it. I mean, yeah, 
you know, it takes the whole home field advantage away from the Bills, yes. And it also is two games in a row that they're playing in Detroit. One home game, one away game. But, you know, simply, honestly, what what, what difference does it make if it, you know, it gets moved, honestly? You know, just be grateful that the Buffalo Bills have a place to even play. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish it was at home, and I, again... I think, you know, the first thing that you got to think is, again, why did they move the game? And, you know, I think personally, I I think they should have tried to dig out. But also seeing that the airport had to shut down, seeing on the videos from Orchard Park, maybe it was, in a way, the best interest. Because I get it, there's time to plow out, but it's a continuing event into Saturday. You're not going to be able to get someone in there to shovel the stadium out till probably Sunday morning. Right. And, you know, in the past, the Bills have hired fans to go in, shovel the stadium out, and they've given them a free ticket to the game in exchange for you coming with the shovel. But I feel it would have pushed everything back. And again, the Bills couldn't even practice on Friday because of all this weather. Um, so they're yeah. gonna they're gonna enter Cleveland. And if you remember, that was exactly the same thing that happened in twenty fourteen and Buffalo you know, there and fan and you know true Buffalo Bills fans won't remember that twenty fourteen game when they couldn't practice much and still went to Detroit and beat the Jets. Mm-hmm. So, could history repeat itself, and then having absolutely no, you know, hardly any practice time on, mm-hmm. under their belt, and go yeah. play in Detroit after almost ten years, eight years to the date, um, go to Detroit and beat up on the Browns. I mean, I could see it happening. Yeah. It's possible. I feel like the Browns are a much tougher opponent, though, than the Jets. But, you know, I'll leave the thoughts for when we get to our picks. But, um, right. you know, the Bills have, I believe, one of the bottom five ratings in terms of franchise value. Um, you know, because of the market we're in. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's not a big sports market. So, we look over at Las Vegas, and we got to talk poverty franchise right now. That's right, the man who, I believe, owned a beat-up minivan and drove it every single day to Oakland to work, Mark Davis, doesn't have the money to fire his own head coach now. Didn't have the money to upgrade his stadium and doesn't have the money to upgrade his um, head coach. So Josh McDaniels is rumored, of course, it's been rumored for weeks. And more importantly, this past weekend after he lost a game to a guy who's never coached in pros or college in his life in Jeff Saturday. Um, But Josh McDaniels was expected to get canned. He will not. Um, And the reason... Well, Mark Davis doesn't have the money to fire Josh McDaniels and pay another coach. So, 
Leave it to the Raiders. Hey, there's a thing called cap salary and salary cap and stuff like that. You mean to tell me you can't use that to your good old advantage? Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be a significant cap hit if you do fire it's, Josh McDaniels. It's not a hit to know. the cap. I think salaries for coaches, you know, it doesn't apply to cap, but... I. I <sighs> You know, I, I just laugh when I see this because, you know, you're in yeah, a big I think market. Yeah, money, but it's, like, separate from the players itself. Mm-hmm. But you're in a big market, you know. That's what I find funny about all this is you're in a big market, you know, uh And now you're the only place where the house loses. You're the only thing in Vegas where the house loses. Yeah, I know. I saw that, too. <laughs> and you can't make a change. And it's probably because you fired John Gruden, who was on a lucrative 10-year deal to coach this team. And now you right. fired Josh McDaniels to a pretty big deal to coach this team. So, you know, Raiders making Raider decisions, I guess. And that's why they're as bad as they are. But, um, of course, can't afford another coach's salary. Just even more reason that the Raiders should have hired Rich Biscaccia as their head coach in the first place. I bet Mark Davis wishes he had a time machine. Maybe he should sneak into Area 51 and try to find a time machine at this point. (laughs) Just bring the whole 53-man roster. Do you think they're going to stop you? They might try. Uh, man, flashbacks. But um, with, <laughs> with that, let's go to our week 11 picks. Um, so we start off with the Bears, whose offense has been heating up in recent weeks, and the Falcons at 4-6, and six, Atlanta favored by 3. Bears have been looking really, really good. I mean... They should have won that game against the Lions, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go with the Bears over the Falcons here. I'm going to go with the Bears, too. I still don't think Justin Fields is a good quarterback, though. So I'm still going to maintain that through until he proves me completely wrong. Um, Browns, Bills, um, of course, again, again, game in Detroit, but the Bills favored by eight. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big bounce-back game for the Bills. I feel losing that practice is going to hurt them. I I think it's going to cause them to get off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think they'll gain traction at the end. I think the Bills pull this one out, but I think it's going to be a close margin here. All right, Philadelphia, Indy. I think we all know who's going to win this one because Jeff Saturday is actually playing a legitimate NFL team. I'm going to have to say the, the Philadelphia Eagles, but then again, then again, you can't discredit the Colts getting the upset right. here either. So He's going to get out coached. Sorry, I'm going the Eagles. But, oh, I was going to the Eagles too, but it wouldn't um, shock me if it was the other way around. 
Jets Patriots and the Patriots are favored by three and a half. And also the Jets are undefeated on the road too. So um, I'm going to have to go with the Jets. Sorry they're um, Pat Nation, but the Jets have a cornerback named Sauce Gardner, and I think he's going to make uh, Mac Jones' day a living nightmare. The legend of Bailey Zappi might come into this game at some point if it gets that bad. But I got to go with the Jets here. Um, I feel like the Patriots, I get they're the seven seed right now, but they're just, I, I just don't think they're that team right now. So I got to go with the Jets. They're going to go to seven and three and continue their magical run through the season. Um, Rams, Saints... Saints are favored by three. Yeah, you know, Cooper Cup's not going to be in this game, but I just don't think that's going to play too much of a factor against the Saints. It was a different team, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say yes. But I think that the Rams are going to find a way to win here. Looking at the Saints, the problem is not the quarterback. The problem is clearly not the running back. They got a roster that should be winning games and very well should be leading the division. But the problem lies on the coaching, and I think Sean McVay, hands down, is a better coach than Dennis Allen. And I'm just going to go on coaching right here and say that the Rams take the win. Um, Lions-Giants. This one could be a really good game. But the Giants are favored by three. Yeah, I hate to say it. I'm going to have to go with the Giants here at home. I'm going to go Giants, but the Lions are going to make this a Lions-type game. So, uh, moving on to the Panthers and the Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 12.5. I think we kind of know what direction we're going, right? About 12 and a half. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Baltimore here. <laughs> yeah, not even going to tell you who I think I'm going for. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Commanders and Texans. Washington favored by three. And, I, yep, another one. I hate, I mean, as they should be the favorites. Um, Taylor Heineke has this team believing right now, so... Hmm. I think they're going to keep the, the momentum on their side, and I think they're going to get another win. What is I this? think they're really going to, you know, create some steam in the, in the NFC East. How many times is Taylor Heineke going to come in for an injured quarterback for Ron Rivera's commander's team? How many times does it have to happen before they just realize, man, we got our quarterback right here? Okay, how many more times are we going to go through this? Okay, he should be starting over Carson once right now. He's got this offense rolling. I think the Commanders win this game. Um, in a battle for the... And before we continue, it's kind of crazy that Taylor Heineke was a former XFL quarterback. Yeah. Too. The XFL just had their draft, by the way, so... Pretty fun to see. I'm disappointed, though, the uh, New York team isn't back. Eh, oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Um, battle for the basement. Raiders, Broncos. 
Broncos favored by two and a half. Yeah, the Raiders don't have a very good road record either, so... I mean, this is going to be a disaster waiting to happen between these two teams. But, I'm going to have to say, Broncos Nation, let's ride. I think we're hopping back up on that horse and we're riding. But I don't know if you consider it a win if you're battling for the basement. So, But nonetheless, I'm picking the Broncos. Um, this could be, I think this is the game of the week, actually. The Cowboys, the Vikings, Dallas favored by a point and a half. No, I don't like that Dallas is the favorite here. I hate to say it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Minnesota. Minnesota hasn't lost at home. I gotta go Minnesota as well. Here. Um, here we go. Another game that could very well be the game of the week. Um, Bengals and Steelers. Keep in mind, T.J. Watt is back right now. I believe for the Steelers. Um, Cincinnati is. What? I I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, but since he favored by four. Bengals are better than the Steelers. So I'm going to have to go with um, Cincinnati on the road here. Since he chose the wrong week to get hot because they had the bye week last week, I kind of wish that this game was last week. But nonetheless, I still think it's going to be the Bengals. But it's going to be close. I think T.J. Watt gives the Steelers a real chance to win, whether people see it or not. Um, this is the game that got flexed in place of the Chiefs and or in place of the Steelers and the Bengals, I believe, which were the original Sunday night game. But Chiefs Chargers Sunday night football, Chiefs favored by five. Hmm. So much I would say I would love to see the Chargers um, win at home here. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has never lost on the road in the division. He's been hot in November and December the last few years. I feel he's going to cool off in this game. But again, it's going to come down to stopping two guys for Patrick Mahomes. And that's going to be Travis Kelsey, number one. And number two, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, is going to have a big game because the Chargers' run defense is atrocious. Um, but needless to say, I think it's going to be within three points, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs just narrowly. I think it's going to be another one of those games. Um but here we go, another neutral site. We're going to Mexico for Monday Night Football. Um, 49ers, Cardinals, San Fran favored by eight. Yeah, it's kind of weird overseas uh, primetime game like that. Um, underneath the lights. Well, I'm going to have to go with the 49ers here. Another reason... And I'm going to keep beating this dead horse, but we need to stop playing regular season games out of the country, out of the home fields. Okay. We just need to cut it out. Plain and simple. Um, 
play these games in the preseason. I, I, I can't stress this one enough to play these games in the preseason, whether they're in Mexico, Germany, Britain, Toronto. I, I don't give a shit where they are. Um, but <laughs> play them, play these games in the preseason. But nonetheless, I'm going to go with San Fran in the Monday night game. Guess what? We don't have one Thursday night football game to predict. We don't just have one Thursday game to predict, I mean. We have three because it's Thanksgiving coming up, and a happy Thanksgiving to you all that are watching. Um, but let's begin with the Bills and the Lions, the 12:30 game. The Bills favored by 10. Hey, maybe being in Detroit like two games in a row might actually help out the Bills here. <laughs> Who knows? But um, I'm going to have to go with the Bills over the Lions, only because I just don't think that the Detroit Lions defense is going to be able to hold up with Buffalo's offense. This will be a big momentum boost for the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills. The The Lions have the worst defense in the NFL, but they have a pretty def- decent offense. So I feel like they're going to keep the Bills defense on their toes, but not enough to be in this game. So... Um, Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys favored by seven. Now, I could see the Cowboys beating the Giants, but sometimes the Cowboys do struggle on Thanksgiving. And it's it's safe to also say uh, even earlier about the Lions. Lions usually typically lose at home. On yeah. Thanksgiving, let's be honest. Come on, it's not Thanksgiving <laughs> without a Lions loss. Exactly, exactly. Um, same thing with the Cowboys. Cowboys, you know, don't get me wrong, they have one on Thanksgiving too, but the last few times, they're, they've kind of lost too, so... But I, I think they're going to get the win here. I think they're going to beat the Giants at home. Yep. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think they are definitely a much stronger team than the Giants are. So, again, I got to go with them, but I think it's going to be close. Um, Here we go. Thursday night football, U.S. Bank Stadium, Vikings, Patriots, Minnesota favored by three and a half. Yeah, Minnesota's going to go 10-1. Yep. Then... I'd say they're going to go 10 and 1. The Patriots are going to go back below 500. So, with that, that's our picks for the week. And now we go on to tinkle on this. And if you haven't seen France's Olympic logo or Olympic um, mascot, of course, it's supposed to represent one of those Liberty caps that they wore. Um, back in like the 1800s or something um but france will be using that as their mascot and if you look real close can i say this word without getting in trouble um we say a lot of stupid stuff on here without getting in trouble but it looks like a clitoris okay looks like a vagina (laughs) yeah it looks like it looks like a part of a vagina for those who have not taken sex education. 
Um, <laughs> sorry to the kids, you got a whole new lesson on sex. So, um, but France's ha- or France's mascot looks just like that. And for that, and come on, you could have done a baguette. You could have done maybe a snail because I know um you know snails are like a delicacy over there or something. Right. Ah, there are just so many options. Come on, why this? France, tinkle on this. Just tinkle on this to the whole country. So. Um, with that, that's all we got for this week. Um, again, out, out of turn four, I'll be back in January, but what's coming up on No Final Bell if you guys have an episode this week? Oh, no, we will. I mean, we'll probably film it before we head on vacation, if anything. But, um, uh, just recapping, uh, full gear, it's going to be a great card of, you know, just great matches of, and all hanging on there so and also we're going to discuss uh impacts overdrive so we are not going to do a pay-per-view special but we are it's still going to be you know a regular episode but only going to be talking about the the two pay-per-views between impacts overdrive and aw's full gear so definitely look out for that one um i'm looking forward to it it is you know you know, of course, we're recording on a Friday here, so it you know Saturday is full gear, and currently going on right now as we're recording is Impact's Overdrive. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we look forward to that. Um, Jason mentioned he's going on vacation for Thanksgiving. Um, care to tell these guys what you'll be seeing or? Yeah, um, actually, I, I mean, I could probably take some pictures and post it on. The Tingle Sports and Entertainment page. Um, I'm going to be going to Boston to see the Celtics and Mavericks game, mm-hmm. TD Garden. It's going to be truly an interesting um, thing. I'm actually looking. I'm super stoked to have to see Luka Doncic perform live. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Luka Doncic. I, I think it's going to be a great, great matchup. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch, obviously. I um, can't wait to see those photos. Be sure to definitely post them. I know I posted a lot of live videos from Watkins Glen when I did the uh, walk around and all that. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll see a lot of those coming our way here on TSC. Um, Unfortunately, as good as that is to be seeing that on social media... The bad news for all of you, you're stuck with Uncle Brian next weekend. Um, so, because I'm not going anywhere. So, um, who knows? Um, you might see someone else with me. You might just see me. You never know. If if I'm you guys, I'd be praying that someone else is joining me. But, hey. <laughs> you know. Right. Um <laughs> With that, um, be sure to tune in to No Final Bell on Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, YouTube, Facebook, Watch. Um, mm-hmm. And I will see you back here Sunday. But in the meantime, we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you very soon. Till then, bye, everyone. <laughs>